Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. Hey, check it out, folks. One of the things that I love to focus on whenever I sit down and provide education, both monetarily, mindset, as well as structure and balance on how to really create the life that you deserve, I once in a while share a little bit about my journey. And one of those journeys is I haven't had a drink since July 1996. And we're going to play in that space today. So so how did you guys meet? And when you first kind of looked under the hood, were you like, oh, shit. Or were you like, what was yeah, so what was that like? It's actually really <laughs> funny um, because CFC, <laughs> I would say, would be like the conduit for the two of us to have mm. met. So my friend, um, who I didn't know was in recovery, was a member of CFC. So you didn't know him? like I didn't know him another, at all. Okay. I didn't know him at all. Um, and CFC at this time is in its infancy. It's only two years old. So we're talking 2013? Yeah, Got it. it's only two years old. My friend is in recovery who I didn't know was in recovery. And she calls me one morning um, and she's like, uh, what are you doing? It's 6 a.m. I'm sleeping. Yeah. Uh, she's like, we're going whitewater rafting. You should come with me. And I am a very quiet person. I'm very I like places that I can hide. So I'm like, where am I? If I'm going whitewater rafting, I'm thinking in my head like I can't. I'm where stuck on, on a raft. Like I can't hide behind people. I don't know. Yeah. So she's like, whatever, I'll call you later. So she calls me later after they go rafting and they're going to have a party again. I don't know my friends in recovery. Got it. So I'm thinking Ooh. Is she a good friend, like someone you grew up, like someone uh, you real no, tight just with someone that I just happen to know. Okay. Um, and so she's like, we're having a party. It's a hot tub party. You should come. And what I'm goes thinking. On? What, hot tub parties. What else is going on? Yeah. So. Is there other, like, is there anything else you should tell me that you didn't tell me? Or should <laughs> we do a lot hot, of cool things. Yeah. yeah hot tub yeah. parties. But in my mind, parties. I don't know that this is a recovery community doing this. So I'm I never thinking, heard of a meeting being a hot tub. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So I'm thinking like hot tub party. We're going to drink. We're going to like, you know, good music, everything. I get to wear a bikini. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> Because I can hide at that point. Like if I if I'm not dark. feeling it, then I can like. Well, usually hot tubs are dark, right? It's at yeah. Night. Well, I can just if there's enough people there, then I can kind of just hide wherever if I, if I'm not feeling it. So I get. Uh, I don't have a car at this time, so she comes to pick me up with these two guys. Is this all car. New Jersey? Like you're all in the yeah. same. Yeah, it's in New Jersey. Yep. Um, she picks me up in her car, and I get in this back seat, and I'm sitting next to this guy, and he's like texting on his phone or something, and I'm like, oh my god, this guy is so cute. Like he's so cute. So I'd like take a picture like on my Snapchat, send it to my friends. We're like texting back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to this hot tub party with this really cute guy. I get there, turns out it's his house. So Dan's in the back seat with me. Um, they order pizza. There's like four people there. Um, and no hiding. Now you're looking for the wine <laughs> at this point or the boot? Like yeah, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> all right. Like maybe we're just like beginning of the party. There's music, but like it's just uh, it's more of a hangout. And then as did you notice there was no alcohol? No, like was I mean, it present? The, like that there was. Well, so my friend, as I'm getting into this car, she texts me and she was like, "Don't mention anything about like because she was at a party with me like the week before." Got it. So she's like, "Don't mention anything about alcohol. Don't mention anything uh, about weed. Like don't do don't it. mention that." So I get in the car like, "What is she talking What's about?" Going on but now? okay. Yeah. Um, and then I learn as I'm there that Daniel's in recovery and all the other people around me are in recovery. And this was not like the party that I thought. So immediately I, I'm 
quiet. Now I'm uncomfortable. I'm quiet. And Dan's talking to me and we just started bonding over like simple things. We're both into meditation. We're both, um, you know, you were, you were into that naturally. Like, yeah, like just naturally. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so we start talking about that and, um, he goes, Hey, I would love for you to come with me to the gym tomorrow morning. Do you work out? Did you guys do the hot tub scene yet? Yeah, we're in the hot tub. Yes. All right, so no, make sure no, we. She, let me, let me was it like any kind of hot she, tub? I, I thought she was really cute, and yeah. she, we, we were talking, but she was kind of ignoring me at the same time. Very so standoffish. I, I told her to put her foot, phone down because she would hide behind her phone. Yeah, so I made her put her phone down, and then I threw it in a pool. And Got then, it. Then, Got yeah. it. So that was how you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dan was very forward. I was very. I yeah. was very like. Mm, I got my confidence at this time. Yeah, I could tell. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I mean. Uh, we're we're talking. He asked for my phone number, and he's like, "Do you do you work out?" I'm like, "I don't work out." Yeah. No. Yeah. But I'm like, "Yeah, I go to the gym every day." What are you talking yeah. about? Because you, you guys asking about? me to do something. <laughs> um. So we we go to exchange phone numbers, and then um got distracted. Whatever. We leave. Um. And I didn't get his number, so I'm like, I'm never gonna see that guy again. Obviously, I'm not going to the gym tomorrow morning because like I don't have a I don't have a car. Like, yeah. how am I gonna get there? Now, where um, do you live? Like, like you guys live in the same town? Like, what's no, going we're, on at this we're, point? we're in different towns. We're, like, about 20 minutes away okay, from each got other. Okay, got um, it. And so the next day goes, um, he goes to the gym with my friend, um, but my friend, like, doesn't come get me, whatever. Um, and I get a text a week later, and he's like, hey, I don't know if you know who I am, but, you yeah. know, you met me at my house the other day, um, and I'd love to take you on a date. And it kind of just wow. snowballed from there, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We were supposed to end up in a yoga class, but it ended up being a chanting class. Oh, really? yeah, it was like totally the worst for a loop, but it was a great experience. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you guys do yoga? Is that part of the uh, the recovery process? Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, is that I, like yeah. A, like I was a, definitely way more religious about it back then. Mm-hmm. I, I'm lucky if I get to the gym nowadays. I'm I so did hot yoga it. recently for the first time in my life. It's I can't yeah, it's even do the stretches. It's hard. No, yeah. it's good. Oh my yeah. god, I was like 15 percent ability. Like I just mm-hmm. would lay down. It got so hard. I just laid down and started like thinking about like manifesting business ideas. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's, that's how, when it comes yeah. to you. That's how hard. <laughs> there was people holding these poses. It you was can't, like you crazy. You gotta turn your brain off. You yeah, to learn yeah. how to turn your brain yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, I do gotta learn that. That's yeah. that's excellent. So now you guys are dating. Now yeah. you're learning. There's a business, but you're learning his story, yeah. right? So you're meeting mom and dad, sister. Like that's you know, there's, yeah. look, we gotta we gotta peel it back, mm-hmm. and you're seeing that. Wait a minute, him and his mom are tight. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's a story here. I I grew up in so I'm adopted, um, and my adoptive family is very conservative. They're definitely like uh, like be seen and not heard kind of people. Yeah. And Daniel's big Italian family, so they're loud, um, and they just they say what they want to say. There is like there literally are no secrets. Like you know everything about everybody all the time, yep. um, and that's intimidating to come into when you grow up differently and you're yeah. so used to being like quiet and reserved like you don't walk into someone's house and talk to them like that would be rude if you did that but to them they're like why is this person coming to my house and not saying hi to me yeah so me and um my mother-in-law at that time definitely did not have the relationship that we do now because she's like what's wrong with this girl like why is my son interested in this person yeah um and there was a lot of other things that were going on in my personal life I met Dan um, and I was homeless at the time, actually. I was living with a friend. Wow. Um, How old were you at the time? I was 19. 
So yeah, we were really young. Um, And I. When when you say homeless, did you decide to leave your house? No, I was. was No, I was kicked out. Yeah, yeah. Do you you want to talk about that? Or yeah, no. Um. So my. So I'm adopted. So I went through the foster care system. Um. And I was adopted at a late age, at 11. At the time that I was adopted, I was considered unadoptable, um, because I had like behavioral issues and just. Going through from like six to eleven, that's such fundamental years for a young girl. Um, so there's a lot of trauma in that, like a lot of. She, she has twelve brothers and sisters that all ended up in foster yeah. care. Yeah, and my biological parents are both still at, in active addiction. Um, where, and where are they from? They're where? from Elizabeth, New yeah. Jersey. Yeah. So and and through that process, uh, you know, from being four to eleven, um, and then doing that six to eleven in foster care, there's a lot of things that you experience in foster care that most people wouldn't experience, um, like sexual abuse, physical abuse, not knowing when your food's coming next, that kind of thing. Um, so I was very, we grew up very differently. We were two very different people, and as I started to kind of peel back my onion, I guess you would say, and we we dug into who Alyssa was. Well, can I, can I so, yeah. um, I usually get people to cry. <laughs> what was that like? Uh, working through it 16 17 18 and 19 like what was yeah I mean it was really hard um because uh all I wanted was a family you know someone that like actually (laughs) loved me um and you're you as a child are working through like why can't I why is it not working like I went through 22 foster homes um some of them group homes and experienced real, real trauma. Um, I was separated from my siblings and that was very difficult. Um, And then when I was adopted and the relationships with my adoptive parents didn't work out the way that I had hoped. It wasn't like this fairy tale that I I had envisioned as a child. Um, Being 19 and being kicked out of what should have been my last and forever home was really traumatic. I mean, you're, you're, I was escorted into my house by the police. I had to pack a trash bag full of my clothes and I didn't know where I was going and when I would return. Um, so it was a really tumultuous time in my life. And obviously I'm not thinking about, uh, you know, being in a relationship with someone or anything. It just kind of happened that way. Were you, were you involved in like drugs and alcohol on your own at any point? Or did you stay away from that? No, Just because it was like taboo for you? Did you know you, you were meant for something different? Like, when I, you think back- I, I have this knack for being unconventionally stubborn. Yep. I just, I made like a pact to myself when I was a child that I refused to be anything like my, like I, ref, my biggest dream was to become a mom and to change my life that way to, mm. to impact my children's lives and to break that cycle i refuse to end up like you know my parents and like my siblings i'm actually the second youngest of my 12. yeah so i i had seen them come back and fall into the addiction and yeah. poverty and prostitution and yeah. just i didn't want to be that yeah um and i think 
uh, so many people ask me like, how did you how did you do that? Um, and I wish I had a clear answer, but I just was so stubborn that I just refused. Um, did you have to, as you and Daniel grew together and you saw like another side of the family, did mm -hmm. you have to kind of learn how to kind of get some of the edge off and be open? Yeah, I not... mean, the, the biggest thing, uh, my family loves to hug. Yeah. So, and I am not a touchy feely person. Yeah. For for good reason. Understood. Right. Yep. Um. So that was definitely yeah. I had to become soft, and I kind of had to learn how to, uh, speak my own truth and and to tell my own story and to kind of stand in that your as well. Your superpower. Stand yeah. In your own and I think, you know, I just happened to stumble upon this family that does it naturally. Um. Yeah. And it, it yeah, it was something that I definitely had to navigate, but was was really helpful and that's why i think it was such a good fit and what's amazing to me as i sit here and i'm just learning all this uh with you folks is that this is like a you know help somebody first change a life but there's a business here mm -hmm. right there's there's stuff that's happening right now in the sense that you're, you're making the world a better place mm -hmm. through recovery one person one family at a time and you're young you guys meet each other there's all these different dynamics. Um, how is and then you get married? You dated for a while, mm -hmm. uh, married and have children. Like how is that? Like that journey. Like how does how does what does that look like? Um, every day, every year, from the year before, and yeah, I, and I mean, we, we, we really and, we really just grew together. I mean, uh, the, when we first started dating, it was like you know we're just talking to each other and you know the, you know just about life and goals and dreams and and you know that echoed inside CFC what I was doing mm -hmm. uh, talking to other people about their goals and dreams and it it, it just got to the it, it was a cool cultivation period that it was just we were literally bouncing ideas off each other me and my mom and my sisters you know whole family was involved mm -hmm. and they were like you know I think this will really help people like let's create this kind of program and like you know we'll reward people for doing good things instead of like there's always consequences to to doing bad things why wow. don't we reward good things right so what, we came what, up with this whole accountability lag to cfc what is the reward like what does that look like we our members literally gain points mm -hmm. uh by going to meetings getting jobs you know just they doing good things wellness. and every six months they win a prize and i mean not like hey you get what? like domino's pizza i mean like we've no, given they, away cars mm -hmm. and wow. it, down payments on mm -hmm. your first apartment Dude, and I all those that. kind of things so that is Awesome. You gamify yeah. sobriety. You get a hand up. Yeah. You gamify, yeah. but it's not just sobriety. It's 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 staying sober is one thing, right. but you're talking about all these other dynamics that mm -hmm. feed into staying yeah. sober, which is pretty incredible. Right. Yeah. So we were just running with this. Like it was just like, oh, this is cool, right? Is it still innovating? Uh, are you still in, like are you still like innovating? Is it? More? Yeah, we're just we literally like it was just because we're just doing this, right? Yeah. I'm marking horse shows on the weekend to put food on my um, on my table, right? And, and she's uh, dealing with me, right? <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom, she's working for free. We were just like, you know, like let's just let's figure out how to change the world. So we we're just coming up with these ideas that so were amazing. like you know uh you know just even going to like a county fair and we, we would come up with like a cool way to bring people to the table instead of like shying away from like oh i don't mm -hmm. want to talk about addiction like we would have this cool game that they would come play so that they would come up and talk to us right like wow. everything thing we did was just innovative and cultivated just from a very pure sense um and it grew it into this massive community and slowly but surely we you know, sustainability came into light. You know, as you grow a nonprofit, you have, well, where's the funding coming in? How am I 
it was fine helping 10 people. But how are we going to help the 100 people, right? Yeah. Like, how are we going to find that money? So um, that's where Rock the Farm came in. And Melissa, actually, that was, we just started dating when the first Rock the Farm happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our oh. very first picture together is actually us at Rock the Farm. It was freezing because they did it in October. Yep. Um, we're sitting around the fire, and I think I'm kissing him on the cheek or something. Mm. Um, and then there's another photo of us hugging where you can't see our faces. And that became like CFC's photo for yeah, a long time. Yeah, we, we became the poster children yeah. of CFC. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was the first big event that we ran and organized. And we were like, we raised enough funds to really support CFC for at least a half a year at that point. Um, but we just kept growing and adding programs and, you know, from our TK go program that we, you know, we started helping people get jobs through employers. How do you, how do you do it? That's really cool. By so the way. You... you could become a lumineer as an, as a, as an employer and what you can either donate, you can either, uh, give someone a job in recovery or you can donate your time to so they can experience a day in the life of give me an example right, right? so um if we have a lot of people I, I, we tend to be very indecisive in recovery right mm-hmm. so like <laughs> trying to choose what direction do we want to go like say we want to go back to college but we have no idea where to even start we don't we already wasted so much time in our addiction we don't have time to waste anymore yeah mm-hmm. so instead of playing a guessing game hey pick three things that you want to be and we'll put you in a day in the life of each of those mm. and see which one speaks to you and start chasing that dream. So just those opportunity moments, uh, you know, are really important. And that's what we tried to do at CFC really is awesome. give you, always give you the opportunity. You're going to take the action. I can't do that for you. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to give you the opportunity, the experience, the exposure Amazing. of these different things. That's really, that's, that's very innovative. Because someone will be able to decide. If they yeah, really and it's great it because it brings the communities together. Like it, it allows people who own businesses who want to do something bigger than themselves to give back to their community. And it gives the person in recovery a real sense of responsibility and that there is hope past to get past that stigma. Like I'm no longer um, a drug addict or a loser or whatever they may be thinking in their minds. Like I'm a person of importance and someone actually sees value in what I do. Yeah. So Alyssa, let me ask you a question. So um, by the time you meet Daniel, mm-hmm. he's sober two mm-hmm. years. Is that yeah. is that accurate? Yeah. Okay, so he's gone through the gamut of rehabs, created this initial liftoff. Mm-hmm. You have life experience of mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol. Your own story, which mm-hmm. is a is a book in and of itself. Mm-hmm. How did what was your learning curve? Now, all right, now you're here. You're with yeah. the family. Mm-hmm. What kind of like stuff did you have to learn? Yeah, to so, kind of then start innovating within this model. Yeah, the biggest thing was how do I support Daniel in his recovery while still being a normie? Um, Normal means for the folks. A, a normie is someone who uh, like can still drink or maybe use recreationally. I yeah. don't. I don't, I, don't like, use, I don't like normies. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't use drugs. Normies. But, um, <laughs> normies are overrated. It's, it's someone who no, can who who can basically do something that like a substance it. or it's something like and they don't. Yep, have, she drinks. Doesn't finish stop. the glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah, she's a um, So how best can I help support Daniel while still wanting to have a drink? Because Got like it. I said, we met when I was 19. So I wasn't even at legal drinking age at that point. Got it. Um, and a lot of my friends were in college. I was not in college. So I didn't even get that, like what most young people would be able to experience, yeah. like, you know, being able to go to parties and things like that. And yeah. because I had finally been freed from the conservative lifestyle that my parents had, how am I going to still participate and have my friend group while still making sure that Daniel is being comfortable. So yeah. that was definitely a learning curve for me and and something that 
is kind of a mm, but um, makes us laugh now is um, the I had we had a house party um, and Daniel was there with me and I I like obviously was a lightweight because I never drank before <laughs> so I mixed the stupid drink I'm drinking I'm thinking that I'm fine I'm waiting for all my friends to get there and I am not okay yeah. Um, and I literally took a nosedive off the stairs, split open my chin, like oh. I throwing up. It was horrible. It was not good. She yeah. had one drink. I had one drink. Yeah, it was really, really bad. <laughs> that, um, that was like that. It was, yeah, it was not good. Um, and at the time, I'm not thinking like, oh, Daniel's in recovery only two years and he's seeing like uh, his girlfriend like a mess, like I'm a mess. Did you understand where he was at though in life? Like, did you, were you able to kind of, at that age? You no, know, I didn't, I it. didn't, I honestly didn't even think that it got was it. even something that I had to even worry about. Got it, yep. Um, and how did you feel at that point, if you don't mind? That point. Yeah, I mean, at, at that point in my recovery, I was really strong in my recovery, so it's not like it was triggering got or it. anything to yep. me. I was just more frustrated, like, why did you get this drunk off of Understood. one drink? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was a real wake-up call for me the next day because I'm, like, just casually talking to a sister like about the party before like again being naive and yeah. thinking why why do you think this is okay to share you know what i mean you should be embarrassed is basically how i should have been um so i talk i talked to a sister his sister obviously goes and tells his mom so she pulls me um into the kitchen and she's talking to me like a mom would and be like why would you think that now, was this your first experience like with a mom with yeah. a mom. I'm I not mean, talking yeah, about your forced mom. Yeah, this is like is this my like, first experience with someone who loves you, like cares, but is like drawing a line. Like drawing a line. Yeah, you know what I mean. So had that was that. It was terrifying. Was that like a fight or flight <laughs> moment for you? Yeah, it was terrifying. I I I definitely shrunk. Uh, I first I tried to be defensive yep. as you would as an as that, a young. I mean, your story. Yeah. Yeah, as a young kid, and you're like, you're not my mom. You know what yeah. I mean? You can't tell me what to do. Um, she slapped me. And that was like a, ooh, okay. Um, and she lit. But it was it was the turning point that I needed to know that like this behavior, like you can't if you're gonna be in a relationship with someone who's in recovery, in or, new recovery, or this family too, right? And, and to yeah. be here, like if you're gonna be a part of this family, you need to understand like you need to understand the reality of it and the trauma that. That you may be, you know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't have been talking to a sister yeah. about that. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it brings up a lot of feelings for her. And you didn't know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know. So I think that that gave me the tools that I needed where I'm like, okay, I really need to understand what it is to be a person in recovery. What are Dan's boundaries and his limits? Yeah. Um, and what, like, kind of can I expose him to, you know what I mean? In order to, to make this work. So that was really a launching moment. That was like a boom. All right, mm -hmm. this is the next. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. this is the next part of my life. Right. I'm, I want to be here. Mm -hmm. I want to be with Dan. I want to raise a family with him. And mm -hmm. and these are, I'm not going to say the rules, but these are what you the suggestions yeah. to be a part of mm -hmm. if, if we're going to do this. And yeah. you accepted it. Yeah. You didn't fight it. You were you were like, all right, I'm all in. No, because I think at that point, um, even though we were still newly dating, I think that the connection was just more important to me than alcohol or anything, yeah. anything like that in general. Because in your life at that point, you saw something. Yeah, like I just you needed. Wanted. Yeah, I just yeah. needed that. I needed that safe space, and I felt like I had found it. So, so I wanted to make it work. So that is this when you now began to dive into what CFC was and understand it better and really mm -hmm. get educated. Yeah. So now. Because I'm sure right now I don't, you know, being that you title, you 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 have to communicate with people mm -hmm. about what this is all about yeah. and how to relate to them. Mm -hmm. 
Was there like classes, courses? Uh, what was your, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, at the time, CFC was so small. There was only like eight people. Yeah. Um, so, so I Lynn was just, was like helping I you literally out. was best friends with everybody in that program. Got so it. like we did everything together. I would go on those like trips and stuff on the weekends. I didn't really sit in um, the meetings per se, but I got to know them like, and they As really humans. became my friends. Yeah. Um, and so we spent a lot of time together. So obviously I'm going years in now where like alcohol, my friend group is not surrounded by alcohol and, and drugs. So like right. I was on a completely different, yeah. in a completely different bubble than, you know, my friends from high school. Yeah. And if, you know, entrepreneur, we talk about it all the time. Like who's your top five, who do you surround yourself with? If you want to grow and scale your business, do you want your mentors to be somebody that were average or do you want them to be proven winners that are going to hold you accountable to be able to achieve that success that you want to achieve? It's no different than if I'm going to be sober, who's my top five people when it comes to my recovery, mm -hmm. who am I going to talk to? Hey, you know, I, somebody was drinking the other day. I kind of had a thought, like, I, I don't want to ask somebody that's mm -hmm. two weeks sober versus right. asking somebody that's, you know, 10, 15, 20 years sober. Yeah. So, so it's it was, really about who we surround ourselves yeah, with. I think it was easy for me to relate because CFC as a whole wasn't just about being in recovery from substances. It could be anything. So then that brings up. The normies. Yeah, that brings yeah. up recovery from literally anything. I and love I, it. And, you know, I had a story to tell. So yes. um, it. It, it was healing for me in different ways, oh, yeah. um, which is why the model is so great because you can use it for literally anything. So can I ask a question based on your journey and your story? Mm -hmm. Is there the CFC recovery reach out to, to, to kids that, that may be who you were that mm -hmm. are going through it yeah, now? Yeah, so um, we have a women's empowerment program right now. So that deals with all scopes of any person who is a woman or identifies as a woman or any of those things. Amazing. Um, but we are, we are currently developing because of my involvement, we're currently developing a program for children in foster care and how to reach them. But we do have an adolescence program, um, which is raising the bar and rock solid. So it's uh, for young girls and young boys. And that's really just navigating like our insecurities, because at that point, these are like middle schoolers. They may not understand drugs yep. and alcohol. They're, they might move into that, but it's it starts, about- It starts. Like, yeah, it's about this, the little insecurities, first boyfriend, first relationship, not being the biggest kid in the class. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dealing um, with your parents' divorce, you know, the, yeah. those yeah. things that do start that snowball effect mm -hmm. of irrational beliefs, right? When we f start feeling that external locus of control, right? Where, mm -hmm. the, you know, God's got a magnifying glass and he's just trying to burn my, you know, antennas mm -hmm. off all the time. Like, yeah. no, you have control over your life, that internal mm -hmm. locus of control. I can make a decision that so the makes a different direction yeah. all the time right um are you guys in the school systems like cfs like what's the uh, outreach look like no we're not like uh conjoined but we were we were working alongside some different schools and different adolescent programs to you know uh, generate the, mm -hmm. the people that would come to those programs mm -hmm. um covid got in the way of a lot of it so right. we're trying to get everything back mm -hmm. off the ground again um but they they were i Working with adolescents has always been something that speaks to me, and I know mm. it speaks to Alyssa mm -hmm. as well. Um, you know, I, I like to prevent a problem from starting from the sure. beginning, right? So if we can open up the, the conversation, get someone talking, learning how to communicate their feelings from an early start, yeah, then maybe we can prevent some issues down the mm -hmm. road. Yeah. Um, so I, I do enjoy working with adolescents, even at our treatment centers, Relevance Behavioral Health, we start an adolescence program as well. Amazing. I want to thank you both so much for being on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much.
That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.